welcome back to the Limehouse podcast. How in the name of beheavenly Jesus have you been? I am all right. Drinking a, a little or Aldi. I never know the difference between the two. Aldi um, IPA, 5.6%. Why not? Um, this week is going to be for you, at least, because I've already done the chat, um, is, is, is going to be a good one. I mean, there's just, there's no two ways around this. At this particular moment in time, I'm looking at a pigeon eating in a field that's distracting me. I feel like Henry Blofeld from the TMS, from Test Match Special. And there's a lovely pigeon now walking across the cricket, oh, the cricket ground and, and it's eating and it, oh, its love has taken off. It's taken off with a cricket ball in its mouth. It's wonderful. Really is wonderful. Um, Could be close to a breakdown. I don't know yet. But yeah, no, this week is going to be good because we have um, Leah Lamar on the show. And uh, she is one heck of a, what would you call them? What, up-and-coming comedian? Fuck me. I sound like, you know, there, I say that thing just there. What I just said there. I sound like something out of... The Royal Variety performance, like one of those stand-up comedians, you know, and that's not acceptable. So I'm sorry, I, it's not cool. And I, for those of you who don't know who the Royal Variety performance is, it's possibly one of the most inanely offensive sacks of watery piss on the planet that ITV spunk up once in a while. But when you're a kid, you love it. Anyway, so. Leanne Lamar is a great stand-up comedian. Um, I've watched quite a bit of her stuff on YouTube. You can check it out there. Just type in her name. It's really that simple. And, you know, she's all, she's all over the box at the moment in, in America. And uh, obviously that's where she's from. And uh, we have a good conversation. I, I, do we talk about Bill Hicks? I think we I think we do. I think we talk about Bill Talk about her inspirations and where... She grew up where the, the the knack of comedy, where the where the laughter came from, where it entered her life, and the need for it. We talk about her faith as well, her Jewish faith, which is really interesting because she is the first uh, Jewish person I've had on the show who actually has a, 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 actually is a, you know with faith. So that's quite and possibly one of the first people I've ever had on the show that has faith. Because like to be honest, I don't. I think I have done in the past, but it's, it's always hard to know because it's not really a starting point of a question. So it's quite cool. I really, really enjoy it. Um, I, really, I really enjoy the dynamic of the conversation. She's really cool and she's super funny. And uh, there's one joke of hers that we break out, sort of break down rather, unpack. And, um, and I had a lot of fun doing that. But yeah, anyway, uh, what's next? Um, not a lot. I mean, I'd say like if you liked, if you, if, well, if you, if you are here to listen to Leah, then you would have, you'll want to go back and listen to some other conversations I've had with sort of classic um, comedic writers. Uh, Leah is a writer as well. I had a chat with Michael McKeon, um, who you would remember from Better Call Saul or Spinal Tap or Best in Show, all those kind of things. And uh, Christopher Guest, of course, one the, the the probably one of the most iconic writers, comedic writers of, of all time. I mean, he is. That's just kind of like an end 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 
that's a fact. And so if you if you have tuned in and you haven't listened to those two before, go and do it. You'll enjoy it. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. But anyway, before I go, I just want to say from this window, I can see this town FC, um, the football stadium, slash, it's not a football stadium. It's tiny. What do you call a really small stadium? Are they just called small stadiums? What are they called? Are they they're not recreation grounds? You know that that is a that is a good point. And if you do know what really small stadiums say under like five hundred capacity, what they are called because they can't really be called a stadium. Email me. I want to know. I'm I'm in the dark here because Wikipedia is offering me nothing. Um, I mean my hours at the moment. The sleeping hours, the weird patterns that Laura and I are keeping means that a lot of the time I am just doodling around on the interweb and therefore asking the interweb these kind of questions. Email me with a f- with the help. Help me. Help me. The Limehouse Podcast at Gmail dot com the limehouse podcast at Gmail dot com and uh, yeah I haven't had any emails from anyone this week so that's sad. I thought when I when I put the invite out last week, you know, email the show and I'll put you on the Hall of Fame, the Wall of Fame, you know, along with Neil and Kev. Uh, but th- that didn't happen. So that's that's a sad thing. It does make you <laughs> certainly makes you wonder whether it's it's worth it. But that's the ongoing thing with this show, isn't it? Is Will stable? Is he stable? Is he stable enough to keep this podcast going? I don't know. God, who knows? But yeah, I've got a couple of bloody good conversations coming up this week. I'm doing a couple of interviews this week, um, which I'm really excited about, but slightly um, terrified that I'm going to be so tired that I'll f- completely fuck it up. But, you know, who's who's to say? Who's to know? But yeah, anyway, look, if you, um, you, you are... <laughs> I've got to say, look, I've never done this before, but I'm just going to shout out some towns. Because, you know, you go on these analytics... On, on SoundCloud or whatever that tell you who's listening to the show. And uh, it's quite interesting to me to know in the last month, um, Manchester, you've been listening the most, and then Camden Town and Plymouth. <laughs> I mean, that is a right old higgledy-piggledy. And then Boulder, uh, United States. Is that Montana? Um, isn't it seven? Jakarta, isn't it eight? Blimey, Charlie. And then it's all, and then Arrington, uh, America at 19. Sydney, obviously. And then Godalming. Godalming, Surrey. Or the one I like the most, Palembang. Palembang. Helsinki, Vancouver. I mean, obviously, these are, you know, places we've all heard of before. But it's just interesting. If you've ever had, if you've ever done a podcast, if you know of podcasts, it's kind of weird how you think about the entire world and time zones and everyone living in random little places and they're all you're all, you're all coming together in this one podcast without knowing. And, and that's kind of weird to me. We all have that in common, don't we? And it's kind of crazy. So if you are in Minneapolis or Twickenham or Brussels... Or Long Beach. Uh, you know, email me in, man. Or Elwood. I mean, Christ. Just email me in. It's, it's nice to know that you, you're, you're out there and listening and giving a shit. The Limehouse Podcast at gmail.com. Or we're on Twitter. 
the Lime, it's just, just, just Limehouse Pod on Twitter, Limehouse Pod, and we're all always on Instagram. But yeah, look, I'm going to stop yakking now. But it was good, it's good because I only get really one opportunity a week to reach out to you, to talk to you. And I guess my message is here, reach out, email me, drop me a note. It's good to hear from you. What you think of the fucking show? What you think of what do you, who, who, who have been your favourite guests? How's your state of mind? How are you dealing with things? What are you up to? Etc. Etc. Anyway, on that note, look after yourselves and I'll see you next week uh, where I will have a really cool interview because they're all so good. Jesus. I did. That, that, that sounded like the Royal Variety performance. They're all so good. Welcome next on stage, Michael Berry. You put your makeup on in the dark? I mean, I was in the bathroom, but I was tired, you know, so it's just like, who knows what happened? Maybe that's a little better. Yeah. Maybe that looks is that like better a ch- for me. Who knows? Uh, We're not recording yeah, this vis- like- visually, just audibly, right? That is correct. That's Thank God. absolutely correct. Oh, I said, so, where's my so- hair and makeup? Oh, right. Yes. Oh, it's coming. I sent you, I sent you someone, um, you know, uh, the podcast is very low quality. I'm not into it. They didn't send my hair and makeup team on time. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, I'd never do that to you. I'm so glad that it has arrived, you know, or will arrive. Sorry. Yeah. Um, so how, how are you doing? I want, I want to ask you a really basic question. I mean, it's really basic, but it's, it's, it's something that came to me the other day when I was having a wee, yeah. now that's not rude. That's where I do my best thinking. Because um, I, I know shit tons about how the music industry has been affected by, the, you know, COVID and what have you. But I know absolutely next to nothing how it has affected stand-up comedy and performance and what have you. I mean, I'm just off the top of my head. It's probably been absolutely fucking terrible. Yeah, it's been um, a full nightmare and I mean, I just started, are, are we starting the podcast? Yes. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going for it. Green light. Let's go, go, go. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. So the comedy yeah. community has been hit so hard. Um, you know, right before the pandemic, I was actually in Canada and I yeah. was doing um, the comic store of Edmonton and it was so fun. And I remember saying to my headliner, Ben Glebe, I said, Ben, I think COVID's about to be a really big thing in America. And he said, it won't come here. And I gave him a face mask and I gave myself a face mask. When I got to the airport, I was getting stink eye from the TSA agents because everyone thought I was overreacting. And uh, yeah, and we had a great weekend. You know, we were at that point, we were making jokes about COVID where we were like, oh, let's laugh on people at the gym and they'll move. And no one knew what was about to happen. And yeah. then, and then we on our way back. He got COVID and I didn't. And because he Shit. wore the face mask as an eye mask, <laughs> <laughs> and that's fine. You know that's fine. Um, I'm an I'm a I'm an Ashkenazi Jew, so I take my health very seriously, <laughs> and I'm extremely neurotic. <laughs> right, so yeah, we're not yeah. taking any chances, William. Um, but yeah, it, it's been a hard year. I mean, I, I basically two weekends ago was the first time I was able to get back on the road. 
and I uh, featured for Russell Peters in Florida and it was super fun, but I feared for my life. Here, let me see if I can pull up a photo for you. And so everyone knows what's going on. I'm about to show William a photo of me um, on the plane where not only am I wearing a face shield and um, gloves and a mask, I'm also wearing a neck guard. And Oh my fucking <laughs> God. <laughs> so you've like cocooned yourself. I love it. Dude, you I'm have, wearing a yeah. body condom. And yeah, brilliant. Leslie Nielsen style. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's an airplane, you know, so we just had to go full for it. And I, while I was terrified, I also had the best time of my life. And LA has been shut down. You know, you've seen in the mm. news, LA was the hot spot of America. Florida is open. Florida is like drunk girl vomiting on the street open. <laughs> yeah 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 it's like bring out your dead plague shit it, yes it, it is like the apocalypse there i went uh you know we were performing indoors in a venue of 400 people and a girl in the front row coughed and i was just like what is your first and last name because i just want to know who gave me covid you know i just want to know who right <laughs> um you know my must be so much Sorry, carry on. Oh no, I, I'm I'm already hogging the mic, which is something I do. No, no, you know, do it. Comedians at all? <laughs> it's great. I'm really tired, so it's great. I mean, is that sort of thing I should be saying in an interview with someone I've never met before? Yeah, I'm really tired. Would you mind just talking throughout the whole thing? That would be great. Just do all the heavy lifting yeah. for me, Leah. Is it? Can I just yeah. ask? Is it Leah, Leah, or Leia, like Princess Leia or Princess no, Leah? Not Princess Leia. Okay. So that's a that's, that's you ever now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've never met a, a layer before, which is sad. Um, maybe one day. Yeah, I think it's for the best. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it does strike me as something that is, um, I don't know. I, it just strikes me as something that the, the one thing in this country is we have, we do have uniform fear. Like, so everyone's terrified and everyone's playing by the rules by and large you know but in the states it just seems to me like there's just this yeah does, yeah doesn't doesn't really matter and then there's the whole people that they take it mega mega seriously whether they're you know super paranoid or not yeah. they just they fear for their neighbors but in this but then you know people like in florida or have you that are just like they don't even believe it and there are people dropping down dead on the well they're not dropping down dead on the street but you know you know, and I, I just don't know why why well, that is the case. The yeah, they're dropping down dead on the street from alcohol poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Yeah, Could I've been to Miami. It's not nice. I mean, I just, I, I almost don't even want to talk about COVID because I'm, not that I'm sick of it. But yeah, but <laughs> I had to do it. Uh, I had to do it to us. But I, I'm just, I'm disgusted with how it's been handled in my country. I, I own this country, by the way. If that wasn't clear, okay, I'm my country. No, that's absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. America, it's yeah. my country. Uh, um, yeah, I have a, I have no, a two-year-old I, daughter that thinks everything is hers, so this is fine with me. Well, Trump is also like a large baby, so that checks out. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I I can't even believe the misinformation, um, the lack of a widespread plan, the lack of care mm. for other humans. 
The list mm. could go on and on, but I've been in my bedroom for a year, so I don't really want to talk anymore about it. <laughs> No, no, fair play. I just wonder what it might be like for you to just come out of that cocoon. If you say you've been in it for a year and you just got back on the road now, is it kind of like when COVID started? It was very much because I'm a reasonably creative person. I thought, oh, it's an opportunity to do a bit of writing, do a bit of this, do a bit of that. Um, but not everyone's like that. Some people like maybe got a little bit intimidated by that. I, I don't know, being locked away and having to do something, you know. Were you kind of, did you like hit, did you really focus on your creativity? Oh, I mean, as a child, I felt very safe in my bedroom. Yeah. And I just kind of lived there and created this wild uh, fantasy land of um, just creation. Like I was constantly creating things in my bedroom and I was there a lot. And so I've always felt very yeah. safe in my bedroom. So I think I'm oh, lucky cool. that I have space. If I was living in my old uh, one bedroom, bedroom apartment I might have gone crazy um but you know yeah. I'm very fortunate knock on wood and grateful knock on wood to be living in a a, a house that's a little more spacious yeah and I think I think that there are some people who didn't I mean I'll tell you this for 11 months I taught Pilates from my bedroom three times a week okay mostly because I literally was bored and I want <laughs> friends and I built a huge community of people who wanted, who were also feeling the same way. And we all just became yeah. really good friends. And it was a crew of people that come every three days. And yeah. the week, wild. For 10 to 11 months, I just stopped because uh, comedy's picked back up and I just don't have the time. But yeah. I mean, you know, I've been writing a ton of jokes. I, I, executive produced a TV show, a shoot at home TV show during the pandemic that took place in every continent, um, except for Australia, which, and Antarctica, but you know, let's not, uh, you know, I'm same thing. I just feel like if I'm going to go to Antarctica, I just, I'm going because I'm trying to find middle earth. You know what I mean? But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I've stayed very active. I can't not, it's just my, my nature is just to, be busy yeah yeah no of course absolutely i i, I yeah i i think I, I become super anxious if i'm not creative even just like once a day so this is good being able to do the podcast and what have you once a week is good um if that wasn't if that wasn't there i don't know what i'd do i just i, I just find i'd always find something to do I don't know. I just I just worry whether if the creativity run out, I just start killing people or something, you know, or just like become a murderer or, you, or, you know, people. the virus is already doing that for you. Find find something that's to, true to you, William. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'd probably be a poisoner or something like that. I, I couldn't kill someone with a knife or a gun. I, it would be I'd be a, a really bad poisoner as well. I'd get it wrong. You know, maybe um, poison. And that's why you feel sick after eating. Bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> but um let's um <laughs> let's take a trip down memory lane okay um that's my radio voice uh i i'd, I'd love to know where like little because you said you started in your bedroom like doing this stuff to get away and imagination is that was that kind of where the seed was uh, planted well interesting question seed was planted for what Com comedy performance no here's the funny thing, thing william i yes. i wouldn't say i was shy as a kid 
definitely not shy, but I was very mild mannered and I was a very nice girl and I was overly politically correct and I was worried about everything. Hmm. So I kept quiet often. I was very smart and very active in school and I was an athlete, etc. Um, but I was shy when it came to being on a stage. I remember I never got cast as the lead in anything. Is I got so nervous. Having you got so nervous. Actually yeah. see me, actually see me made me really nervous because my dynamic with my family as a child was that if I felt like I was being seen, probably wasn't for the best. Okay, yeah. So tiptoeing around that. Um, no, no, I mean, like, where, where do you think that comes, like, the, the whole, sorry, you felt like you were better not being seen or you were just told, you were told, look, we don't want to see you so much, just you can go over there not and to do make a lot of noise. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? It was better for me not to really be um, around, if that makes any sense. I, I felt a little more protected alone. And I love okay. my family so much, but we have a interesting dynamic. And I think my sister and I are just very different. And if you yeah. ever met us, you just wouldn't even know we were related, essentially. Um, she's fantastic yeah. and she's gorgeous and she's sharp as a tack. And she's, um, we're just different, you know? Mm. Yeah. So was and it- I think I just felt, I think I felt like an outsider in my family. Um, yeah, I was an artist, but it wasn't that wasn't really celebrated or nourished. It was more like, no, no, do something that makes sense. Do something that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is that part and parcel? Uh, were you like um, orthodox, like Jew- Jewish upbringing? Was it very like, you know, was it very traditional in, in terms of what you should be doing? Like, this is the lane, stay in it, kind of thing. So I was raised reformed Jewish. Yeah. I have no idea what that means, but I will nod my head and pretend. I know. So I, without getting too much into religion, because I, while I'm a God person, um, I'm more of like a higher power person, if that makes any sense. Yes, I suppose so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's the universe, you know. Uh, right, I, yeah, I'm from yeah. New York, but I moved to LA and I changed, William. Okay. I'm like, I wear crystals in my bra, whatever, the whole nine years. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I love avocado. Okay. So, um <laughs> Yeah, I've changed. I've changed. So Orthodox. So reform is, let's just say this is like nothing. You're atheist. I would put that at the bottom, right? And not in like a like hierarchy. I just mean like if if for people who are listening and can't see what I'm doing, I'm just doing hand gestures to show like how Jewish you can be. (laughs) Yeah. So atheist is least one to ten. Yeah. That's like zero. Exactly. It is zero. (laughs) And then you could say like secular Jew where you're just, you're spiritual um, or or maybe, you know, you don't like really do the holidays or like you know some stuff from Hebrew school from when you were a kid or but you don't really, but you're Jewish, but whatever, right? But you don't really do anything right. it, the secular Jew. Then I would call reform. Reform is the least serious of the Jews, which, uh, well, not the least serious, of course, there's one layer below us, but this is kind of the um, like three-day Jew, as they call it where you only go to okay. on the high holy days. So you can kind of see holes in it, but you're just kind of getting on with it anyway. Yeah, we're like, this is fun. Like, our family is really yeah. serious about it, so we should still do it. Right, yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's wine and stuff, so, you know. Who doesn't love Hanukkah? I like presents. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, you guys exactly. get to have Christmas, we don't get to have anything. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I enjoy, so I consider myself somewhere between reform and secular. Oh, so okay. everything above that is way more Jewish and way stricter. You know, there's conservative, then there's orthodox, Hasidic, and it, there's, I mean, wild branches off of that. So those are like, if I was looking yeah. at huge groups, but, um, and, and yeah, I know what you mean. Like, um, yeah, like gold is, gold is green and, and what have you up in uh, North, Northeast London, um, has, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Strong Jewish community and what have you. Um, they got the, uh, the hat, the, the hats, the, the round hats. Um, oh. I can't remember what they're what that the brand of um what what that is called it's so annoying to me it's very intense it seems very very scary uh in 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 as, just in as much as um uh hard to break into for example Judaism? you know yeah Judaism is harder to get into than Hollywood there you go you see you know <laughs> no one well you it, it's a attraction not promotion in the terms of Jews don't proselytize we're like why would you want to be this everyone hates us so what's up are you good you good boo um you know and if you want to become Jewish because let's say for example you're marrying someone who's Jewish and they want you to become Jew right if you're converting yeah rabbis take that very seriously Oftentimes, the yeah. person converting to Judaism takes Judaism more seriously than the person who's Jewish. I can well believe that. Yeah, I mean, to get into that would be a major commitment, no? Especially with the, um, I, I suppose, the, the element of um, not mistrust, but people um, who deeply ingrained in the Jewish faith would look at someone as an outsider with a lot of cynicism, perhaps, or, you know, curiosity, maybe cynicism. I don't know. I'm just... Uh, well, no, it's true. It, it, I, it's... The question is, why would you want to be considered Jewish? People have hunted us yeah. for years. I don't know if you've heard about something called the Holocaust, but if not, I, I I'm familiar refer with you that. to a little man named Adolf Hitler, who, mm. while I think had a very cute mustache, um, and I probably would have wanted to sit on it, um, he, <laughs> he also didn't like my people, you know, very much. So, yeah, and, and that's, that's not true. the first time they've tried to eliminate us, and I guarantee it won't be the last. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. What? Oh God! There's a there's a um. Oh my God! Who is it? That comedian that did the whole um. He did the whole uh, eight million people died in the Holocaust, and the, the, what I'm really worried about the most is that there's a number that can be beaten, like that. There was a joke from a goddamn comedian. I can't remember his name. I think maybe Woody Allen or something. But it, I remember when I first heard it when I was a kid. I nearly split because I didn't know what like when I was a kid. I didn't understand what like. Mel Brooks, the fuck that was all about. I didn't know what Woody Allen was all about, blah, blah, blah. And then suddenly it just clicked. And I was like, oh my God, you can you can joke like that? You can make jokes like that? What is this self-deprecating thing? I was just, I was blown away by it. It's like this first time I saw, I don't know, Monty Python or or what have you. And I just thought, well, that's my language, you know? Oh, um, Hebrew? <laughs> yeah, you too. So good question. I'm not meaning to pivot away from... Uh, this this talk about because um, it's exciting actually um, well, to talk. I've never. I don't have to... because there are sects of Judaism or Hasidic, for example, which do not think women should be doing stand-up comedy. I mean, I'm sure plenty of people have oh, God, people, yeah. right? But that also had to do with the times. And did I audition for that show? 
I sure did. Did they cast it on you? They sure did. Am I upset about it? <laughs> I sure am. But it's fine. She's very talented, obviously. I mean, a 10 out of 10. So I'll just STFU. Rachel Brosnahan um, uh, is an incredibly talented actress, but she's not Jewish. Anyway, so moving forward, <laughs> it has nothing to do with anything. I um I did a I did a temple show once, and my friend who booked me, Menachem, very Jewish, wonderful man, great comedian. Um, he was like, "Oh, it's going to be just a bunch of like you know cool young Jews. You can say whatever you want." I get to the temple, and it is all Hasidic Jews, age sixty to oh. eighty. And, oh wow! And I'm a very dirty comedian. You are dirty, You're filthy, disgusting. <laughs> Throw me in the trash. I mean, horrible. And I get there. I'm like, Menachem, if we weren't at a synagogue, I would kill you. <laughs> 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 I have to do 12 minutes clean in front of an audience of people who really don't think women should be doing comedy. Good lord. Uh, I ended up crushing so hard. Menachem bombed in front of his own people. <laughs> he brings me up and he's like, have fun. I absolutely annihilate. And comedians don't say that unless it actually happened um, or unless they bombed. But in this case, I didn't. I crushed. I had this joke right. about a Jewish doctor, um, obviously. You know, my parents were trying to get me married to a Jewish doctor. And uh, there was only one in the crowd. And everyone is pointing to this one guy in the crowd who can't speak. He's so embarrassed. His whole face is red than a beat. He's, he's like bent over in humiliation as the entire synagogue is pointing at him. And he can't look at me. He can't even look me in the eyes. And I'm like, oh, my God, do you want to marry me? Anyway, I get off stage. I have a great set. The rabbi comes over to me. And he won't touch me, you know, because Hasidic men can't touch other women. Uh, and I don't mean, I just mean even like a shoulder touch or a handshake. They don't do that. No handshakes, even if it's a business deal. And which I don't love. I don't love it. You know, I'm just going to be, I'm going to be straight up. I don't love it. But. Works for COVID, though. <laughs> certainly does certainly does and um he comes up and he goes very funny very funny and i said thank you rabbi and he goes but you you like children where's your plan with children and i was like "Mm, not really on the docket at this time i'm I'm very busy working on my career and he's like yeah you know jews innately are funny like we're all funny all of us. And I was like, all right, calm down. Not all Jews are funny, but most of you know. And, uh, and he was like, but, but you know, women, you're young, you're beautiful. Like, you should, you should, you know, you can do this. Like, you don't need to do this on a stage. Like, have children. And I, he wasn't trying to offend me. It's just that yeah. we, our worldviews are so completely different. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And, and it's interesting because it's someone of my own faith who looks down on me for doing what I'm doing. And I don't, Mm. I mean, this happens in every religion. You know, anytime there's anyone who is an absolute believer versus someone who is more of a passive participant, you're going to have disagreements. Mm. Um, And especially when it comes to sexism in religions, I think they have them in all the majors, Um, all the major league. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they're no, that, yeah, you've got your heavy hitter catholicism i'm the gator gal myself um but yeah it was very interesting because they, they just don't i mean i did a joke one time for a synagogue where the rabbi left 
<laughs> I was like, oh my god, am I not going to get into heaven? This is bad. Uh, <laughs> please tell, please tell me the joke. It wasn't even that bad. It was just. Um, I went to University of Virginia. You know, I didn't really fit the dress code. It was guys in ties, girls in pearls. I just don't look good with cum on my neck. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's a fucking great one. I saw that on YouTube that you, and I pissed myself. I was watching that on YouTube with my... With, yeah, with my little daughter on my <laughs> chest. And I nearly... She nearly bolted out because I laughed so hard. It was so... Uh, such a good one. I think the simple ones are the best. I love it. I mean... Which does bring me to a point, actually. Like, um, certified right now that you brought your daughter into this, but go on. <laughs> yeah, I uh, know. I have, I've actually have come on my my neck. It's not my own come though. Wait, um, a bit of advice for you. Yeah, don't let her be a comedian. Don't, don't. No, I, give her. But if she's funny, let her, let her be like a ha- have a good relationship with her. Really, like talk to her, make her feel seen and heard. You don't want this for her. I think I do. I do. I want her to be like, I don't necessarily want her to be like you, young lady, with your foul, disgusting mouth. How dare you, William? Um, William. I want, I, I want her to be like Victoria Wood, um, who's, no, actually, Victoria Wood was quite dirty, a, Brit- a British comedian from the 80s. Um, now, I'm struggling to think of, I'm struggling to think of clean cut female comedians now. Um, no, I can't think of one. Mm, my mind's gone blank. I mean, who did? What comedian did you want to be when you were growing up, or if if indeed you wanted to? Be, I'm not comedian. I wanted, be, and I wanted to be Chris Rock, but there are a couple problems. Yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, a couple. A couple, um, a couple. Yeah. Um, but you know, if Michael Jackson can do can do it, anyone can do it. Just transition you, genders, races. <laughs> there you go, man. Uh, exactly. I, I remember watching his specials as a kid and just thinking, "Wow, he's the funniest person alive." This is so crazy. Not really understand. I remember watching Robin Williams and, and thinking mm. I shouldn't be watching this very dirty. But he's, he's, I understand he's funny and he'd be telling sex jokes. And I didn't really know what was going. I rem- There's one joke specifically that haunts me. I don't remember the actual joke. I just remember the motion that I watched. And Robin used to like had the hairiest arms you've ever seen in your life. Yeah, I know. And he yeah. would just dive his face into his, uh, like the nook of his uh, elbow and just pretend he was eating a woman out. <laughs> and and I was a, like a child. I don't even remember the joke. I just remember seeing it and being like, oh, yeah. and watching my parents laugh on the couch. And I was like, I guess this is what comedy, comedy. Um, <laughs> but they let you watch that. That is brilliant. I was, I was shushed away, I think. But, but you know, you, you get okay. pieces. So William, remember yeah. your daughter. We remember everything. Things stick with us. But you know, in a great way, because we I spoke a little bit about Mel Brooks and Woody Allen earlier. We didn't we did we, we didn't grow up on Woody Allen movies, but we definitely grew up on um, Blazing Saddles and um, Airplane. You know those classics. And there's so much not the beyond naughty in in those movies. And but it was kids. We were like super young watching that and. My parents never really thought, I don't know, because it's funny because they were, they were pretty, you know, like straight edge. Like they weren't in any way like, hey, we're going to, this is our mandate. We're going to bring up our kids on Richard Pryor or something. But it was like, but it, it really helped. Like watching that stuff really, really did give us the, an edge going into our 
adult lives like on what is actually funny and what is naughty and how to bend the rules and stuff i mean i don't know i mean blazing saddles could that be made now i don't know well there's a lot of television and film that couldn't be made now if you watch it it feels yeah. very dated and yeah. uh you know the piece police would be all over it and i think that comedy feels like the final frontier of freedom of speech and yet that's under attack jerry seinfeld who's a clean comic won't do colleges because of this clean he's a clean comedian and mm. i'm not saying i have offensive jokes but mm. very dirty and i you know I, I think that there's a certain point where you have to just tell people hey if you're easily offended don't go to a comedy show. It's like if you're allergic sure. to gluten, don't eat a fucking bagel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's Oh god, yeah, 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 completely. I mean, that's the whole thing. It's optional. like But that's like optional. Well, the parts Sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, I I'm heated. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I just think it's hilarious because like Ricky Gervais is banging on about that. Um maybe it's been going on for a couple of years now. Um but it has but people do pander to it, I think. People, comedians, um, and uh, if they just shut the fuck up about it and didn't... I mean, look, I'm. this is broad strokes here, so forgive me, you know, if I, sh you know, make a shit sandwich all over the place. I love here, but, shit sandwiches. You know, Go for it. You, you do? Yeah. Okay, great, brilliant. Little chunks of uh, sweet corn. Um, but basically, I just think that some comedians like it. I think that they like the... It, it brings a kind of energy to comedy, mm. um, makes it uh, ed edgy. I hate using this word edgy. It keeps coming back. Um, but but without that, you know, without people thinking that comedy is controversial, maybe it becomes too boring. I don't know. But I, I mean, Ricky Gervais <laughs> makes a really naughty joke or, or does the fucking Golden Globes and pisses a load of people off. You know, it's kind of, I think it's kind of good for comedy. I don't know. I mean, I think that it's essential for freedom of speech. Um, there's, But there's a difference between old-timey, racist, sexist jokes yeah. and homophobic jokes and comedy. So I mean, in my book, it's like if you're telling a good joke that is, you know, anti-Semitic in nature, but you're Jewish, go for it. Like, no one should be able to tell you you can't make fun of yourself. Mm. Right? Like, I have a lot of Jews. Oh, my God. So mm. many. And, um, you know, there, there are some people. I just think that there are a lot of very sensitive people. And that's understandable. Uh, mm. You know, I think we're in a kind of trigger cancel culture. And I, I'm watching, you know, any physical salt aside, you know, because I'm sure you've heard of the Me Too movement in America. Um, we're familiar with it. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I think I think jokes are jokes. And as long as they're mm. good jokes, you know, I mean, you're not like punching down for the sake of punching down. And it's not kind of like an old tiny joke that really doesn't work, but it's just like, and that's a race joke, you know, um, right. like old crowd work comedians basically had a bunch of those jokes and, and they just don't fly anymore because it's like, no, you can do better than that. Then, mm. you know, it's just comedy. And if you're yeah. easily offended, don't come to shows. It's not, they're not made to make people feel bad. Well, go and see a Madonna concert, as uh, Bill Hicks said. Um, like, um, 
Oh, fuck, there's a question. God damn it. Oh, fuck. That was so good. You were making such a good point. Oh, and it's not the wine and it's not because I'm tired. It's just because it happens. I think it's because you're tired. Yeah, maybe. Um, can I just break from this conversation and show you my Bill Paxton T-shirt here? It's uh, from Aliens. Alien 2. Aliens. Love it. Just thought I'd, he's just thought I'd share that. Yeah, he's a total dude. God, come he passed, didn't he? He did, yeah, man. It was so gutting. Absolutely devastating. That. Especially because... Yeah. Um, did you ever see him in... What was the tornado movie? Night- Twister. Oh, Twister. Yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. Love that movie. Twister! I know. Helen Hunt, man. Killing the tornadoes. Helen Hunt was genius. in that? I forgot. Yeah, man. She's so good in that. I love Helen Hunt. I love her to pieces with all my little heart. What other show um, is she on? Oh, she's on uh, Succession. No, she's not in Succession. You're mad. I might be mad. Yeah, you're correct. You're full blown crazy, Wait, girl. I'm gonna look up on IMDb um, right now. Helen. Oh, 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 yeah. oh, 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 oh. You're so right. I'm thinking of a different Helen. Okay. Helena Bonham Carter. No, definitely not her. God, can you imagine her in Succession. I was thinking Actually, Holly okay. Hunter. My she, bad. Oh, uh, Holly Hunter. Oh my God, she is so incredible in that. But anyway, I want I want to know about your comedic voice, which sounds pretentious and wanky. But I'm British, so I can do that. It's fine. Um, when because I did a tiny bit of stand up comedy about 10 12 years ago, I can't play the clip, William. Sorry, my sorry, my dear. I said, Play the clip, play. (laughs) I'm ready for it, yeah, yeah, and yeah, exactly. And I'm just always a little bit not confused, but a little bit amazed and confused at how people go from utterly terrible, shocking, shocking comedians to maybe in six months to a year to being very very good or just at least good before very good and how long did it take you to become so like good let's say let's say in fact in my opinion you're very good you have a lot of promise thank you so much you're not the only person who thinks so and um (laughs) (laughs) that felt really fun to say um yeah (laughs) yeah i i uh i I, the, the general sense is that it takes 10 years to be really good at comedy. So I'm halfway there. I'm at about five and a half years. And yeah. I think that there are a lot of jokes that I tell now that I pray to God I'm not telling in five years. And I look back at old sets and I cringe harder than anyone has ever cringed in their life. Um, you know, I try to get rid of old jokes that are kind of like not jokes specific to me, but that anyone could tell. Like that joke that I told you about cum on my neck while it's cute and funny, like anyone could tell it, you know, it's not a joke specific to me. So I like to tell jokes that feel like only I could tell them. Yeah. And so when I feel like the joke is good, but it doesn't have my stamp on it, I'll keep it in Hmm. until like if it's my A jokes, ABC jokes, you know, A being your best jokes. If it's an A joke, it always works. I'll keep it in until I have something better and then I'll chuck it to the side. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because I've been doing this for a while now and it's really just about, it, it's like a direct relationship to how often you do it. Like, yeah, I bet. It's your 10,000 hours. So that's why people say it takes 10 years to become really good. And so yeah. I feel concerned 
for me in five years from now because I might be too confident that I would never talk to anyone I know again. <laughs> I'm worried. Wow. I'm, worried. I'm very worried. No, I um, it, it's interesting because as a comedian, I've also noticeably watched myself get better. For example, mm. I did a show last night at the Laugh Factory. It's a closed private show, comedians only, virtual streaming. Okay. And my ease on stage and my confidence is so different than even a year ago, even one year. And I haven't been on stage for the whole year. So something yeah. like something just opened within me where I feel more free and loose on stage, where I was able to interact on screen with, oh, it's great. <laughs> on screen. Oh, my God, don't. That sounds so depressing. It, the thing is that it was fun because it was the first time, like, you know, I was at least getting to do my job. Like, For sure, yeah. It yeah. makes me feel alive. You couldn't rip the mic out of my hand now. I feel so I feel so confident on a stage. I don't mm. I get nervous for one second. One second. Yeah. I stretch, I turn those nerves to excitement, and then I'm just at home. And you couldn't Wow. You absolutely couldn't persuade me to think that I was nervous. Like I I just don't get nervous anymore because I get I'm like, oh when's my turn? You know? And and so me, me, me. would you say yeah, me, me, me. But but I didn't always feel this way. And it I mean five and a half years is like nothing. You know, I was just on the road with Russell Peters and he's been doing it for thirty two years. And he was like, Oh it's a baby, you know, and I'm like, Yeah, Russell's a, is a god, you know, he's a comedy god, he's a legend. I was taking notes during a set being like, oh, okay, wow, that's how you do that type of joke. Holy shit, I had no idea, you know? Oh, wow, yeah. he told a politics joke in Florida where he didn't offend anyone on right, either yeah. side, and he didn't make it clear which side he was on. Genius, truly, genius, yeah, like, masterful. That's a skill, man. That, that is a real skill. Well, um, before I forget, so again, a really broad question. Um, I hate doing that. I don't know why I said that. Oh, yeah, this is a question. Because I try to make it more of a conversation. Who says that in a conversation? Uh-huh. Yes. Um, but it's more, it's more of a, a thing that my wife's interested in. Um, we, well, we both have, have a, to please your wife. A, joint, a joint interest in it. Um, growing up, so five and a half years ago, I don't know um, uh, female comedians you were looking at and gaining a little bit of confidence from or what have you she's done it maybe you know like i don't know i'm just you know thinking out loud but do you, what's it like being a female comedian i mean is it do you get shit do you do you get twitter bashing do you get uh generalized sexism is it because I've, I've, I've never spoken to a, a, a female comedian on this show before but it's just uh, something that i just thought I think people would be interested to know about. Yeah, so it's interesting because my first mistake was dating an, another comedian when I just started. And then people don't really see you as a comedian, especially if you're a female. That's kind of my take on it. They just think you're kind of dating a male comic and that you're kind of doing it because he's doing it. Um. And he'd been in the game for about five years when I entered into it. And hmm. uh, there's a lot of that, by the way. But when we broke up, it was the best thing that happened. Took six months off because I was afraid of seeing him, which is the worst thing that happened. 
but then I came back better than ever because everyone saw me as my own entity and they okay. were starting to see me as a comedian. But that's only referring to open mic comedians. I walk into big mm-hmm. clubs and there'd be other comics who would be like, oh, this is Leah. She's a comedian. Like, yeah, right. Who are you here to see? Like, no, I'm a comic. And be like, well, what's you don't need to do this. You're attractive. What's what's your problem? You know, um, like why do you have to do this? And I'm like, mm. and then and then at first, I felt like if you're an attractive female doing comedy, you have to try four times as hard to get people to laugh, because the men have their arms folded. They have the make me laugh persona. Try, okay, because they have instilled with them within them that women aren't funny and that the women don't want their boyfriends laughing at you and there's jealousy. Okay. So you're, you're working an uphill battle. Now that's how I used to think when I was early in comedy, but the truth of the matter was that my jokes just weren't that good. (laughs) So I don't think that way anymore because now I go on stage with the confidence of doesn't matter what I wear. doesn't matter if, what I look like doesn't matter what I do because I'm funny and I just know I'm going to do well. Yeah. You know, I just know I'm like, yeah, I've been doing this for a while now. I know my set works. If I've taken it to Florida and I do well and I do it in LA and I do well, that means it's going to do well anywhere, you know, because you can't, there are a lot of jokes. You can't, you have to, you know, I've got some jokes that I'd only tell in LA and, and probably like I wouldn't tell my Trump jokes there. And, um, you see what I'm saying? So you, no. I do. So you, you, you're kind of, you know, you, your confidence comes from what do you think? Because it's um, without making it sound like a TED comp, TED talk. Um, a lot of people do struggle with that, and a lot of people that's why they procrastinate. And they, you know, they struggle a lot to get on the first le- um, step of the ladder. Yeah. Um, and I suppose that can be tied in with a bad experience if you are a female comedian and you you experience some pretty nasty sexism, what have you. Alternatively, I don't know, whatever. But how, how, where do you think your confidence lies in, wh- where it comes from? It, it comes from experience and feedback. And so I think, uh, well, that's external. Internal is experience and also spiritual practice. Okay. So I know it- through meditation and through therapy, thank God for Dr. Kleinenberg and um, (laughs) uh, (coughs) not COVID, but could be Um, through just through years of doing this now that I feel like, yes, I'm funny. Yes, I am a comedian. Yes, I have the right to be here. Yes, I am as good as anyone else here, if not better. And yes, I belong here. So what's it? We're talking about empowerment then. Empowerment in terms of what? So, like you, being you, a female. It, it's a no, no. Like just being a human being. Like it sounds to me like you've kind of you've got those. Was that five things you listed or four? I can't remember. But they're really it was like five. Um, it sounded it was really five. good, but I can't remember. What <laughs> <laughs> it's it meditation. Like when you go down those lines road, when you go down that that line. It's very it it can be dark. The first few. I don't know what you call them sessions should we say of meditation because it's you know you're going deep deep into yourself and it's not just straight away or maybe it can be but you know it's a gradual process um mm-hmm. and then it can and then it's 
if you really, really want to find you, meditation, you're only ever going to be able to come to the core of you, right? And and who you want to be and what you want to do. And it all keeps coming around no matter what you do in life. You cannot, if you really have any, uh, you know, any interest of opening the doors to being who you are, you're only ever going to keep asking the same questions and you're going to get more and more miserable if you don't. Um, and it just seems to me like, thankfully, in your, what are you, like 20-something, like you've managed to do a lot of work pretty early on, spiritually. Uh, I would say I wish I'd started sooner. Hmm. What like what prompted you to start it in the first place? Um, dating that comedian who started AA the first day we dated. So like that was obviously never going to work out. AA is Alcoholics oh. Anonymous, Anonymous for anyone who knows that. Yeah. And um, yeah, and me trying to fix him and make it okay. And so you enabled you enabled that guy for a while, huh? Um. Well, I mean, I just wanted to handhold him through his pain and trauma. I and, see. Okay. Yeah. Um, making his life extremely easy and better when I didn't wasn't thinking about my own life at all. Hmm. You know, um, fully catering to this person and just completely not caring about. Well, what about your career? What about when you're hungry? What about when you have things to do? What about how do you, he's not making your day better. What is he doing for you? You know, mm. um, I was just very focused on him and his needs and, oh, he's trying to get better. You can help him. And that in itself is its own issue. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's not the first time I've done that. You know, that is a recurring cycle in my life and a recurring theme, dating men who are emotionally unavailable or narcissists and catering to their needs so that they feel mm. or alcoholics and uh, feeling, you know, trying to get their love. Yeah. Not a fun place yeah. to be in, William. She didn't love it. Uh, Dude, I've, I doesn't, I, I can totally, I, I can feel that. I can totally feel what you're talking about. I did that for about 10 15 years so there you go yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a really fun Happy mistake that I'm yeah it's a really strange horrible messed up hole that you can get yourself into right but you got yourself out of it i did and um yeah i'm single thanks for asking <laughs> <laughs> no i am uh, yeah i uh you know now i only date people very slowly and cautiously and gather a lot of information before diving in. Yeah, you know, like our, our parents tell us when we're kids, but then we go and watch films uh, or we develop issues or whatever the fuck and we know best, but oh my God, we never listen. We never listen. I just wanted to rush in, give my heart to whoever could possibly hold it and and they would just i don't know just slowly slowly crush it uh with my permission i must add with my permission no that's my heart you can just crush that i'll give that to you you know we can do it some fucking songs we can listen to some crowded house let's just let's listen to some crowded house while you kick me in the balls of my heart oh I'm so bitter. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah oh what a bitter man um can i ask you a question um no. That is, yeah, that is, uh, I, I don't know. It's like something, because I, I, I used to be a massive Louis C.K. fan and yeah. I used to be a Ryan Adams fan and 
whole bunch of other people's fans. Um, you just have white white people all the time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I, I do. I, I I just I should yeah. I watch too many white people. They disappoint. <laughs> <Drama>. uh, <laughs> um, what what's the um. What's your take on Louis C.K. and like his comeback in adverted comments? Because it's not exactly, you know, not everyone's exactly on board. Louis but... C.K. cum joke. <laughs> no, yeah, Louis C.K. cum joke. I set, I set you up for that one. Um, well, but... he used to come in a potted plant, so it's a little different. Then a comeback, but sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, what what the what the hell I don't know what the hell happened there I don't think we want to know what happened there but what in terms of him like coming back what is, is that legitimate is Ryan Adams coming back legitimate I mean what is that I don't have the answers all I know is that cancel culture is effective to an extent and I think it um, the the canceling doesn't always fit the crime. But, you know, I think Harvey will never come back. Harvey Mm. is hard canceled. Yeah. Uh, Hard canceled. There's something interesting about comedy where people who get canceled from other professions come to us because for some reason people still pay for tickets to see these people because they're famous. I'm not going to live out. But it happens frequently. And it's because you have the first, the right of the First Amendment, and comedy fans sometimes aren't uh, all super liberal and don't always believe what they hear in the news. And so for them, they're excited to see their favorite celebrities again because they're not allowed to work in Hollywood, but they can work in comedy. So it's a little different. And William, William, I, uh, it's hard because I think Louis C.K. is one of the most genius comedians of all time. He has yeah. my favorite jokes, which is, first of all, he's a 9-11 joke. It's, if you're going to make a 9-11 joke, it just it has to be so good that no one, it's almost not a 9-11 joke. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, I won't repeat it, but um, the other joke that he tells that I find so funny is just, um, the meal isn't over when I'm full. The meal is over when I hate myself. <laughs> yeah. really hit home for me uh yeah that's a great one yeah but he's, he's obviously very funny but i i just um i think there are going to be some clubs that will let people work and some clubs that won't you know there'll be some people that will be like come on on the stage i don't care mm. people will say absolutely not um mm. so it's, this is it's just it's a hard it's personal preference and it's freedom. So if Louis wants to go out and do gigs and people feel free to go and watch him, I get it. I just It's just weird for me. I don't know where to sit. And it's likewise with Ryan Adams. I just don't know. I don't, you know, I, I, I don't want to fucking hell. It's confusing. I mean, the world's it's confusing, still... especially because I think if women feel like they're in an unsafe environment, that's not a place where someone should be. I don't, you know, but I also, yeah. I'm not, um, I'm not God. So I don't get to make the rules. Yet. That's true. There's still time for me. But I mean, it, for me, it's like that, you know, he he abused women. So it's like in, on one level. So that's probably just a, one to, just a line too far for me. I don't know. Well, I hear it's you, just but like also he did... Trump was president for four years and abused many women and children for sure. and humans. And uh, it was still president. So 
All I'm saying is that I, I think that there isn't quite a just system worked out yet and that cancel culture is very delicate, especially, yeah. especially when it comes to things. Now you couldn't cancel Trump. No one could cancel him. He was uncancelable, no matter what offense there was. I mean... Did, well, the Grim Reaper can cancel him. can cancel any of us at any time. This is true. Like I said, not, I mean... But... <laughs> And, but, it, but it's interesting, you know, because I would feel really uncomfortable if I went to a club and there were certain comedians performing, I'd leave. Mm. Well, I would be like, oh, yeah. I didn't realize this club doesn't stand for equality or doesn't um, respect women or believe women, you know. But then yeah. but then there'd yeah. be some other people whose stories I've heard where I'd be like, I think they, they didn't deserve to get canceled. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. And every, everyone's maybe a second chance. Oh God, it's one of these things where I've thought I haven't really thought about it a great deal before going into the conversation. So this has just come up in my little vein head, and um, yeah, it's always one of these things where I go into you know to a point and I haven't thought it through, and I end up really pissing someone off because I sound like an ignorant dick. I'm very mad, furious. Yeah, clearly, yes, <laughs> you are very laid back, mad, furious type thing. Um, so what lies ahead for you? Um, what's the what's the future bringing, like 2021? Probably just stardom. Just, <laughs> oh, just what, straight up stardom? Are we talking like hands in the cement on that pathway, on the old Holloway, Holloway? <laughs> Hollywood, yeah. whatever it's called. Or are we like are we, it's James Corden stuff, more of that? more of um, know, Jimmy Kimmel, that kind of thing, if he's still alive or doing stuff, I don't know. I, I think um, I think that it feels as if things are boiling for me at the moment. Hmm. I don't know in this industry whatever will happen, so who knows? I, I, you may never hear of me again. But I don't think that's true, and I hope that's not true. Again, I'm not God. Well... But I, I mean, Dolly, you're so beautiful and funny. I mean, you know, you just, just, it's just going to happen. I know it is, you know. Some, for some reason, you saying it in a British accent made me believe it more. Yes, <laughs> of course. Yeah, I like Jared, Jared fucking Harris in The Crown or whatever. Um, you know, have you? Yeah, that's. Have you watched The Crown? I haven't watched it yet, but it's. I mean, now that I'm on Clubhouse, I don't really have time to watch TV. <laughs> yeah, I mean, season one, Jared Harris is astounding. He is so good. Oh it's, my god! It's one eleven no, in America. Make a wish. Sorry. That it's one eleven in America. Make a wish. Um. Oh, do you know what I just wish for? What do you wish for? I I wish for you to have mega boiling hot temperature fame. Oh my god! I also wished that for myself. <laughs> <laughs> of course we did. No, <laughs> and I mean, you know, I'll tell you if you, if, what were you going to say? Sorry. No, no, I was going to say if you weren't wishing that, then there would be something wrong with you. Um, but please carry on. I mean, the list is so long of things wrong with me, so it would just pile it on. Um, yeah. I have had a long road, a really long road, and no one sees that. They just see the, oh, wow, you're in Forbes. Oh, wow, you're in HBO. Oh, wow. It sounds like a song there. You sound like you've, uh, that's a song, like you had a pitch there. That voice like it, that never was like a chorus. me before. I, a demon just entered my body for a minute. Oh, okay. wow, you're in Forbes. Yeah, no, it was uh, very yeah. odd. 
And I think for me, it feels, it feels, I'm, I'm, I've been patient for a really long time and I'm also not delusional. I understand not everyone makes it this business and that making it doesn't look the same for everyone, right? There's someone like Angelina Jolie and then there's, uh, you know, people who are reality stars and then there are people who are just working actors. No one recognizes them on the street, but their bills are beyond paid. You know, there's lots of levels yeah. of success in this industry and, um, I've been working very hard for a very long time. Um, again, no one sees that, but they'll just look at your Instagram and one day all of a sudden you you book something big and they'll be like, oh, wow, you just you just did it. I'm like, no, I didn't just do anything. This is my life's yeah. work, you know? And I, I've been very patient, but my patience is wearing thin. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm not famous by September, I'm going to chuck it in. No, you know... I, I, if I'm honest with you, I, I just want to be working consistently in a way that feels um, right to you. Yeah, that that feels that feels right sized, and um, I like I just want to be able to have freedom to, mm. to do the things I want to do completely. And if that comes mm. with greater success than I'm imagining, amazing. And if it yeah doesn't, yeah cool like there are plenty of people in hollywood whose faces you'd never see or know but are just doing totally fine like beyond fine oh yeah yeah i can imagine yeah um, i mean with the advent of endless tv series on netflix and what have you like the way that's just splintering off to different channels and stuff there's shit tons of stuff of it like stuff to do you know i can be your new agent do you want me to be your agent i, can, I think that's yeah. what you're trying to say isn't it i really want to be on a sitcom that's what i want i would i'd like yeah. this, like a half hour single cam sitcom that is just a hit and runs for you know 10 eight seasons and then i'd like to move into dramedy and then I like to move into drama, kind of like how Jason Bateman has done it, where you saw him in Arrested Development, and now he's an Ozark, and he could do everything, yeah. and he's just so nuanced. I mean, I'm a theater actor, for crying out loud. I was really- yeah, I know. You, uh, you're off, some off-Broadway stuff and Broadway, right? Oh, no, Broadway wasn't good enough, but thank you so much. We'll- oh, really? Yeah, okay. Just- we'll just pretend. We'll yeah, pretend. thank you. Yeah, definitely Broadway. Definitely Broadway credits. Just off-Broadway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I am... Um, I don't, I, I'd really like to do it all. And I guess we'll just see. Yeah. It's so cool. I, I love it. It's funny, actually. I I don't know why I haven't spoken to any more comedians. Well, I don't know we're why. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not really. I mean, I, I've, at all. I think, I, I think the only problem I have speaking or going out on the piss with people that are um, comedians it, and the years gone by is that they're all they, they can tend to be on do you know what i mean like they're, they're on they're trying out new material on you as you're standing there just trying to have a conversation and that can be a bit irritating i suppose but that's about it but even then that's like i don't mind that someone's trying to make me laugh great fine make me laugh buy me a drink but um yeah no it's cool it's cool that you're so um like i, I feel your ambition i feel it's like um but it, in in a way, because I know you're centered and you've done your work on on yourself, mm-hmm. that it feels like it's coming from a good place. Do you know what I mean? As opposed to like a greedy, 
you know calculative way i suppose you have to have that calculate you have to have calculation i suppose but there, there seems to be an element of um decency about it i should say thank you I, I i think if i had gotten any of the opportunities that i thought i wanted five years ago i would have ruined them all because i'm <laughs> not spiritually or mentally ready for any of it i didn't hmm. know how to control my emotions i didn't know how to not take things personally i didn't know how to feel like a victim constantly i didn't know uh, i mean it was just Oh, the jealousy I felt, the cry, it was so much. And I just didn't understand how to be a person. And now I have a very system, di different system by which I operate. And so um, I'm glad that I didn't get anything then because I would have ruined it. I, I think what you've just, you know? well, what you just said there spoke to a load of people, including myself. I would say up to about six months ago, I was fucking miserable doing this podcast because i was like why isn't that person replying to my email they are deliberately e ignoring me mm -hmm. they are paying attention to everybody else but not me or that you know that agents and what have you and publicists and oh my god what a terrible weight to carry around with you and i just thought <laughs> am i really gonna i want to do this podcast for the next how many years am i gonna be this fucking miserable every time I do a show or put it out or try and get someone on the show. So basically, don't want that anymore. <laughs> it's not great. And I'm 39. I, you know, it's time to grow up. You don't look a day over 25. I know, I know, I know. Especially with this Aliens t-shirt on as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the Botox. But, um, I, I yeah, anyway, look. You. I mean, spirituality yeah. therapy has been everything for me. I mean... I also believe rejection is God's protection, however you want to view God to me. So I'm like, if it's not for me, it's not for me. And there's a there's a better reason for that. And probably because I would have embarrassed myself or not done a good job or, or it, you know, I think the opportunities and the people that are meant for me won't pass me by. Yeah. So I just kind of yeah. go on faith. I'm like, all right, if if that guy doesn't want to date me, his loss, you know, it's okay. I'm not, I'm not seeing this as rejection. I'm seeing this as protection. You know, thank God he doesn't yeah. want to date me. That probably would have been a year of my life, you know, scrambling over a drug addict or, <laughs> you know. Especially when it, yeah. Because I, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. Or So I'm just uh, one day at a time trying to trying to be my best, a better, better self every day. And not like, yeah, it's, it's funny. It's like you're not like a recovering alcoholic, but like recovering, I don't know, life person well, I'm, I, I'm really funny. <clears throat> which is sorry i'm an al-anon oh right so your 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 mother or your father or uncle or whoever was involved uh, yeah with alcohol. friends and family members of alcoholics yeah it's the sister program yeah. it's you know alcoholism yeah. is a family disease so it's like yeah because you have a drinking problem now i think now i have a problem so thanks for that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i know i'm familiar with it i've been to a few myself i just think it's um it, it's uh it's like an inherited shall i just use a basic word sadness it's like it's an inherited sadness and and coping like how you and also the trauma obviously that parents like kids and stuff have had to deal with right um but there are different many different levels and it's just amazing that that is there that facility it's absolutely amazing yeah yeah anyway sorry it changed your life yeah no it definitely um 
what's the yeah the AA prayer meeting uh, the AA prayer is absolutely amazing um, ser God. serenity right. serenity prayer yeah accept the things yeah. I cannot change courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference yeah and like that is something that just stops you and goes huh? oh yeah that is that's the most truth I could hear I think ever maybe <laughs> um but anyway look I'll, I'll leave it we'll leave it on that fucking massive <laughs> awesome like peak um and i'll thank you for your time but um thank you so much for getting back to me and and being adorable and lovely and, and making the whole process really easy and great to talk to you're so welcome thank you for inviting me onto your podcast and i'm all the way from across the pond and i'm glad that we met and connected this is so great you're awesome thank you Sweet, man. Right. Well, have a great rest of your day. I don't know what that involves, but I'm sure it's going to be interesting. It is going to be very interesting. <laughs> yeah. be a lot Four of this walls. in my room on my phone, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool, man. Have a good time. I'm going to bed now. I'm absolutely oh, shattered. So. Teams. Feel better. I hope your tummy feels better. Anyway, people can find yeah. me on Clubhouse, Leah Lamar, L-E-A-H-L-A-M-A-R-R, -R, or on Instagram or Twitter, whatever you know just i'm around i'm i'm gonna do that at the beginning of the show and it's a good way to end it as well oh. and i'm gonna put it in the notes as well i'm a proper semi-professional mm, okay kind of guy you're the best yeah anyway <laughs> well you go to sleep sweet dreams yeah we'll night night bye thank you for having me bye bye thanks mate